There is a podcast about an island in the North Atlantic where people have been looking for an incredible treasure for more than 200 years. Hello and welcome back to Could It Be? An Oak Island podcast. We are your hosts, Deidre and Dustin White. Yo, what's up? Hey! All right, so I'm happy to be here to talk about season uh, eight, episode 23 of The Curse of Oak Island, Old Wharf's Tale. I'm glad you're happy to be here. Are you not? I am. Okay. I'm just, I mean, I, I always assume you're happy to be here. But So happy together. Yeah, that one. How's the weather? It's all right. Um, well, it kind of rains and it kind of doesn't, you know, all that good stuff. Kind of like <clears> it's starting to rain a lot on Oak Island. Is it? Yeah, because it's like coming to the end of the it's season. It's the rainy season. I know. And they have to like go to the research center to get out of the rain. It, it, you know, it's a little sad because that means we know it's coming to an end. Matter of fact, the finale is coming up Wait two weeks. Tomorrow. Yeah, oh, sorry, two episodes, I guess, episodes. is really what I mean. Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, it's down to the nitty gritty on Oak Island. Yeah last little finds they're going to make for a while but not really it's sad because the season takes place during the off season mm -hmm. of uh like we watch it unfold while they're already off you know they've already been finished well naturally yes and so once they uh once our season ends that's actually when they go back to work so it's actually a happy thing that's true and it's, it's totally fine okay okay I, I concur with that statement. Is that okay? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, this episode, mm -hmm. we had some swampage. Swampage. Uh, we spent a little bit of time over at Samuel Ball's lot 25 and... The money pit. No. 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 Pit. I was going to say we bin. spent time like oh. on his <laughs> land and on oh. his shore. Oh, yes. Yes. You know, like double duty, yo. No, no mega bin? No mega bin. No, no latrine. No latrine. They do mention the uplands once. Good to know. Yeah. I think. Yeah, well, they mentioned an upland, like. Well, they they talk about the the road curving toward the upland, mm -hmm. uh, the the uh, curving stone upland. pathway, mm -hmm. or the stone road, or whatever the heck they want to call it. Maybe are they, they're two different things, aren't they? There's like the stone road, mm -hmm. and then the pathway is what's following the uh, eastern side of the swamp, right? Yeah, but it's connected to, like, the part that crosses that eastern edge of the swamp. Mm -hmm. I think nobody's just willing to say road, path. I think they're, they're interchangeable just... words. They are, I suppose. They're not like us that need everything so black and white. It would be nice, but yeah, they know what they're talking about, so it's all good, right? <laughs> That's a good thing, you know. Mm -hmm. Okay. Right, so do we, where do we want to start? Swamp? Oh, I was going to say, let's start at uh, uh, the research center with uh, Stuart Wenzel. Okay. And then go into the water into his and to the lot. Yeah. Okay. Let's do that. Cover that. I don't know that there's like a ton, ton to talk about with it because mm -hmm. like, I mean, a lot of it was quiet time with Tony diving, you know? Well, so, he wasn't quite quiet. When I know, go. but it was, there was extended periods of quietness because you know, when you're diving and, you know, there's suspenseful music going on. But dun, other, dun. other than that, like, I mean, there's not a lot of chatter. Uh -huh. And so it's like not as much to relay or to discuss between us of what they discussed because they didn't discuss very much. Roger. Okay. All right. So the research center, right? Yes. Yeah, so at the research center, we have, wait a second. We have Stuart Wenzel. He is an old colleague of Dan Blankenship. He worked yes. with Dan on the island. Him and his brother. Many moons ago. Okay. Yeah, he and his brother. So in the in the research center, we had Stuart. We had Rick, Charles, Alex, David, and Tony. Yeah, just having a grand old Motley time. crew. A motley crew. Yeah, and so it talks about how Dave uh, how he worked for Dave Blankenship, like what? Dan Blankenship. Hey, sorry, Dan. Did I say Dave Blankenship? Uh -huh. hmm. I mean, there's a few, you know, there's a lot of D's and a lot you know, of Blankenships. I bet you worked with Dave Blankenship. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> so they worked uh, with him, you know, many decades ago. Uh -huh. And Dan, uh, Dan would have him and yeah. his brother come up on the weekends. Uh -huh. And one of the funny things was Stuart was like, 
Yeah, and the first thing we'd hear anytime we come to the island is just that laugh. Yeah, we all know <laughs> what it is. I don't know what uh, uh, Dan Blankenship's laugh sounded like, but it must have left an impression. He laughed on well, the show. We would hear, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? but I mean, it was very full of joy. I right. guess all laughs are, but his had a very particular, like, sound. Very particular sound, yeah. So, um, yeah, it was just really, really cool. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's fun to see him back on the island because, you know, he had, I guess it's alluded to that he had spent a lot of time there. Mm -hmm. So, pretty cool. So, um, in a little side interview, Rick says that he met Stuart the first year that he was on the island. Mm -hmm. And he had told him about these wharfs off of Samuel Ball's lots, you know, mm -hmm. around around the lot 25 area. Mm -hmm. And uh, Rick seems more interested now that they have found a British naval button um, at the Ball Foundation, something we haven't talked about yet oh, we will. i skipped to the end of the episode but <laughs> yeah um we will get to that and uh rick says that they go on uh th he goes on to say that they need to remember to follow up on local knowledge and uh stuff that they're not really privy to mm -hmm. so good stuff yeah there's uh and that's kind of one of these things with having this covid season right they've been able to dive into no pun intended there, but now pun intended to dive into these things. Mm -hmm. But um, also being able to think back to when they first got started and everybody kind of locally has their little tale about Oak Island, it seems like. And people have heard different things over the mm -hmm. decades and centuries, too. So, mm -hmm. And instead of bringing people in from, you know, all over the world, mm -hmm. focusing on maybe some more of the local lore or which could turn out to be fact could uh, really bear some fruits here you could mm -hmm. yeah and like they have um you know so like local legends mm -hmm. you know people may have heard different stories yeah and what if there's a little kernel of truth in one that a lot of people don't know or they just cast aside mm -hmm. so it's or good to don't... take a second third look at these things sometimes and really dig in well it's like folklores and such usually they are created from some type of truth whether it be a small snippet or whatever right so it's just i think it's real and the fact of the matter is that stewart saw these rocks himself yeah too it's not like it's something he just heard was there decades ago he saw him mm -hmm. with his own eyes and his snorkel and his snorkel yeah yeah, he was uh, snorkeling just off the ball lots, and he saw that he was sure that ball had two wharfs at some point, mm -hmm. or at least they were off of his property area. Mm -hmm. And the goal of this meeting, if you will, is to take his knowledge and, you know, looks like Alex has paint up on the iPad or whatever, and he's like mm -hmm. circling where they're going to dive. It makes sense that those two points that come out like as soon as you say i'm like oh of course the wharfs are there right it makes sense look at the way the rocks jet out yep and he circles them on uh in there in paint and tony's like yeah let's let's dive them he he really wants to get out there and get going and he sure does and that's the whole goal is to you know put together a dive and really follow up on these things yeah, so that's what they do with Stuart. Mm -hmm. They take him out to the Oak Island Resort Marina. We had David. The next day. Yeah, David Fernetti was there mm -hmm. with Alex, and uh, they hung out in the boat with Stuart, mm -hmm. and Tony did some diving. But yeah. before he got into the water, Tony said that he needed to head down to where the freshwater pond is off of Oak Island. And Tony said that um, to locate, the, he needed to locate the old Caribbean for the wharf. Mm hmm because that's what Stuart said that was down there. Mm -hmm. um, and Stuart said it was about eight feet wide mm -hmm. on one of the wharfs. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, Tony goes on to tell them that he will be trying to locate this structure visually, and he has a metal detector in hopes of finding possible metal fasteners or the cribbing spikes. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they load him up. Like, Tony's ready to dive, right? Load him up. He's like, okay. And it's getting cold, so of course he's probably got his, it looks like his dry suit, so he's got a little 
little puff going on <laughs> and then he grabs a metal detector and then there's like four cameras on him like these different gopros i'm like geez tony you can sink right to the bottom i only saw one. Oh, i know there was it looked like there was one on his arm because they film over the metal detector oh, right mm -hmm. there was one on his head oh, that's the one i saw and then who knows there could have been one on his shoulder or wherever they didn't want to miss what tony was seeing Guess alex not. was really <laughs> bummed to uh not be diving though he was quite anxious well maybe next time alex maybe next yep. time sorry you gotta you gotta run the cons man mm -hmm. so he's not getting any hits with this metal detector as well, we're going uh... to the first target which mm -hmm. is the smaller of the two dwarfs yeah and uh this is the one that stewart said is about eight feet wide and it, it seems like like okay come on are you getting anything are you getting anything hello and over 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 and hey tony over over you getting anything over tony's like let me look man <laughs> <laughs> but eventually you know he freaks out a bit he finds it there it is confirmed ark of the covenant done oh no maybe not uh it could have been the wharf that brought the ark in though could it be could it i mean for all we know noah's ark was hooked up to it probably not it probably came through the swamp yeah that's true um so he finds the cribbing stones like the sorry the cribbing the wood cribbing is long gone gone bye-bye bye-bye but it definitely looks like the ballast stones or whatever they filled it with the work stones were still there Mm -hmm. well stones aren't gonna get washed away so easy over the years so that makes sense yep so one location we're able to put a pin in it i'm sure they told steve to go swim and put a pin in it oh i'm sure why wouldn't they? <laughs> he, he would just walk out He'll there in his like, rubber hey, boots hey guys i'll grab my gps i'll get my gps <laughs> uh so yay everybody's excited and well, stewart's thinking like uh no uh i knew they were there yeah was he even been in this episode i don't know i don't think he was i don't think he was i he, bet you he was day off maybe day off he's probably napping in the research center <laughs> maybe he wasn't feeling no, good. Like his own little bunk <laughs> imagine uh, there's bunk no, beds in the that's, back well you think he or, or doug has top bunk then he probably has top bunk huh yeah, because he wouldn't really have to climb the ladder. No, he just hop up. Yeah, he just like throw his down. leg up and he's Whoop. done. And then his like as if they're like short little bit and just let his leg hang <laughs> off the end. Oh man. Whew. Anyways. Whew. Anyway. Uh, based. Uh, so then Tony tells them he's going over to the second target. Right. He's yep. trying to find whatever this second one is and takes a little bit but is it david he observes that you know he's quite a bit offshore like 7500 feet that, that's huge that would be quite huge yeah it's a third of a football field right mm -hmm. ish ish and so you know because he's seeing all the bubbles come up when they've confirmed that he has indeed found the second wharf structure that he also gets no hits for metal fasteners dun 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 those are <laughs> probably either washed away i'm thinking they all washed up on shore and that's what's in the interpretive center because you know they're always finding uh pins and that's my guess i <laughs> i don't know i for some reason i don't think they uh notched out everything and did it lincoln log style not not over there probably um because this that construction is probably much later than the stuff that's uh like in smith's cove you know do you think the wharfs are older than the smith's cove stuff no i think the construction, oh, that type of construction yeah yeah so yeah mm -hmm. i think the smith's cove stuff's much older mm -hmm. um and like it depends. It was, were, did these belong to Samuel Ball? If that's the case, then that's it. That's like early 1800. Mm -hmm. So the stuff we have found in Smith's Cove, we know dates back, you know, much earlier than that. Mm -hmm. So that that's but true. It's buried and preserved. Mm -hmm. The stuff hanging off of the of uh, lot 25 is not preserved. It's like just out there in the rough and tumble ocean. Yeah. So. No. Totally. And 
and we know that they were attached to Samuel Ball's lots, but kind of, I guess, moving into the war room session when we get talking about this, um, we have Tony, David, Stuart, Alex, who are debriefing Dan Hensky. Yeah. yeah. Some Hensky so good to see Dan. More than um, once, too. Exactly. And Scott, Marty, <sighs> and Rick about the dive that they did. Mm hmm. And the longer wharf is on the western side of the freshwater pond. Yeah. And Tony explains um, that it looks like he had found he had found large flat stones, which would have been on the bottom of like the cribbing structure to hold it in place for you know your Lincoln logs go on top of these flat work stones. That makes sense. Yeah. So it looks like he found the remains of that and marty asks how deep were they and tony says that they'd been about like 19 feet underwater when where he found them and if you go back 13 years that'd be approximately six feet at six feet deep at high tide and 12 feet at low tide hmm. yeah that's right so and and david would who brings it up is that again like we just said they were pretty far off of shore right 75 to 100 feet offshore and rick's just flabbergasted what what would gary say he gets gobsmacked that's a huge wharf <laughs> it's huge 16 feet wide uh -huh. Could yeah be 100 feet long so six, yeah let's say it's 100 feet long 16 feet wide and we know in order what is it in the the errand that said when they were in the swamp no it was terry um devoe mm -hmm. that said that when you were building these you the carts were about what six feet wide yeah mm -hmm. so you'd want it just a little bit wider than that to be able to pull it off so we're talking about a two lane oh two lane sure i was about, I was about to say oh so you're thinking the cart is you know 15 feet wide, huh? I don't think so. No, that would be epic, <laughs> but no, I'm thinking you got a two lane highway there. Yeah, and I mean, that's a like, one lane. That's like ish mm -hmm. 1600 square feet, you know, real estate mm -hmm. on your, on your dock wharf thingy. Yeah. So that's a lot of space. It is a lot of space. And the smaller one that you they could, you could probably park some things on one side of it and have, you know, a, a free lane still. Mm hmm. And if stuff is coming on and off, on and off, that speaks to military or a lot of activity or, mm. and we knew Samuel Ball was so associated with the military. And then, but this is the lot, let's see here. Captain James Anderson sold it to Samuel Ball or who was he the one right next door to Samuel Ball and they had become friends something like that i think he ended up selling it to samuel ball mm -hmm. and because marty had asked or someone asked if they thought that this was actually anderson's wharf so if he be. had sold it to samuel ball to me that would make sense that captain anderson would have more people right to potentially help him build a wharf you know as a pirate yo ho yo ho mm -hmm. and it you go and sell it to ball you and you something very appealing about that piece of property is what you have this really nice wharf yeah. maybe it helps you it stewart goes on to say that it is a great location oh sorry dan goes on to say that it's a really great location for any type of marine activity, right? Mm -hmm. So if Samuel Ball's seeing all this activity come in and out, why why not be able to take advantage of it as a um, smart businessman? I get a feeling he's also probably made plenty of acquaintances in which, I don't know. I feel like he, he probably networked well and having a good wharf would be good for that. It would definitely be good for that. Yeah. So let's see here. What else am I missing from that whole dive and the recap? Uh, Alex 
mentions, which I thought was really interesting, that this wouldn't, something of this size would not have been made for like a one-time transfer. Looks like 1798 is when James Anderson sold Lot 26 to Samuel Ball. Okay. Okay. Mm. Or maybe it's 1787. It's hard to see on that, yeah. Yeah. Anywho. Anywho. And back, back to our regularly scheduled broadcast. <laughs> right. So Alex says one been built for a one-time transfer and you know, kind of speaks to this idea that it could have been part of this ongoing effort to build the money pit. Yeah. And Rick Johnson. Well, say what does that say about the stone road and paved area then? It it says maybe not for a one-time transfer. Or this would have been like a really long, ongoing thing. I don't I mean, know. It could have been one time, but I mean, that's a lot of work to do for for, for one, a one for one shot. But I it, mean, if it it's, doesn't make sense. No, it does. If it's the most important thing in the history uh -huh. of the world that you're hiding, it does make sense. It, you would do whatever you could, could you whatever you needed uh -huh. to hide such artifacts. <clears throat> well, if that's what you felt you needed to do, all these stone structures, it. It had to be for something heavy, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. uh, we know blue clay was heavy, mm -hmm. <laughs> which could have been, you know, you're putting in barrels and mining it, let's say, out of the eye of the swamp. And that would make sense for the swamp road or paved area. But was it being used for something even bigger, you know? Or is the eye the ultimate goal? I don't know. I'm just saying the fact of how permanent these structures were it's kind of, I don't know, it's kind of telling, in what, my what opinion. What is it telling you then? It's telling you that there, it's a really big story. I just, I agree. I don't think it could have just been like a one and done. Mm. Like, this had to be a long-term plan, don't you think? I don't know. No? No. I don't know. I don't, I think that they just, they built the road to go up toward the money pit, because I think that's where it's ultimately going to lead. Mm -hmm. And then they... Uh, hauled stuff to that area, uh -huh. deposited it, and got out of Dodge. And they covered it up with mud so that nobody would see their, you know, they wouldn't leave a trace. But it's so well constructed. It's well, so well many... concealed, too. And they didn't leave any artifacts behind, barely. Like, that is true. Just a couple of things. And then you, when we saw uh, earlier on in this episode, uh, we have Alex sifting stuff at Samuel Ball's property. He's like, ooh, I found a piece of pottery. And there's like, big deal, dude. <laughs> there's a lot of pottery, man. Okay. <clears throat> uh, yeah. Sorry. Poor. Yeah. <laughs> Laird's like, cool, man. You're going to find a lot. But that's not how it is over in the swamp. No. That's not how it is in those areas. So, I mean, those people, they covered their deliberate. tracks. Mm -hmm. They really did. All right. So, let's go back to the war room. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, but... Then Scott was, I mean, kind of speaking to that in the number of artifacts, Scott says that he finds what he finds interesting is kind of that location where the wharfs are like that come in, like at the land mm -hmm. at the ball property mm -hmm. is where lots of buttons and things have been found. And yeah. to him, that speaks to more than one person being there. Right. So if sure. you're offloading something from a ship, that would be a place that you congregate. Logic makes sense. Mm -hmm. makes sense. I mean, one guy coming off and on, you're going to lose a button maybe on occasion. Sure. But you'd have to, if there's several people, there's probably plenty of buttons being lost and you have to account for ones that would probably get washed out to sea. Yep. For that many to be left and artifacts to be left and not get washed out to sea, that's a decent amount of activity. It is. Military or not. All right. So then we had Hensky. Ah, uh, good old Dan. What do you have to say? Um, just kind of what I had mentioned earlier is that he had mentioned that it would be a good base for seafaring people. And it's pretty obvious that the British were here. I mean, Samuel Ball. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. And we talked briefly about the Navy button. Yep. And we'll get to that. But Alex says that there's no evidence of Samuel Ball being in the Navy. Except for the giant war, but you know, 
Well, maybe the Navy built the war for him. Like, if he's got a contract or, you know, the British Army and him have good relationship, maybe with it being a strategic location, they hooked him up. I doubt it. That was worth a shot. I mean, why would the Navy <laughs> suddenly uh, just want to help a guy out? Maybe because he's got a little cash money. I mean, if he's paying them, that's a different story. Maybe to give them cabbages? <laughs> sure. All right, so uh, Rick kind of concludes the war room meeting by mm -hmm. saying that it's crazy to think that they may not have been able uh, to hear this or to um, for this like to actually what? you're gonna need to read that part because because you this, probably can't read what i said your notes and there's like i think there's a typo there go for it what are you talking about this one with rick oh yeah yeah rick goes on to say that it, it's crazy to think that they may not be they might not have been able to be here this year that's what i was trying to say because it's it. a covid year right? right they yeah. they were unsure yeah and now they have more information that they would have in a non-covid year he says that it just goes to show that we have a lot of homework to do. I wonder how much homework they were doing in the off season. A lot. Doug's there all year. He doesn't stop. He doesn't know how to stop. He just he has his bunk basement. bed. He has the, his bunk bed. He has center. his bottom bunk. Bottom bunk, and he's got his computers. He's got his, <laughs> uh, you know, microscope thingy. Microscope thingy. Yeah, you know the, Is he the magnification out thing. The that they, research, like the microfilm. Maths? the microfilm yeah okay mm -hmm. that um wouldn't have anything to do with a microscope like it's it would true. have to never mind okay all right let's go let's let's be done let's do some swamp that. chat i thought we were gonna do lot 25 since oh, sure. we would finish up on samuel ball stuff let's do some lot 25 chat okay so alex shows up to lend a hand to laird and liz at the ball foundation what up laird what up liz hadn't good seen liz see in a while you yeah. know we mm -hmm. haven't got enough liz this season yeah it was good to see him yep um laird sets alex up on the sifter to look for artifacts and you know what i thought about what uh last year year before you remember the the guptill shuffle <laughs> and he was Oh, we yeah. had like a whole meme about it and he was sifting yeah i want to do a side-by-side -side of who did it better because <laughs> now this is the lagina shuffle Who's, who sifted it best yeah who sifted it best <laughs> well, i don't know i, I think, think alex because he found more stuff uh, yeah well laird or not uh steve probably found some rocks so you know that's what he does he's good at finding rocks he's really good at it all right so um yeah, Alex is excited to see that piece of pottery that we mentioned earlier on. And Laird's like, meh, meh. Good for you, bro. <laughs> We've got bags in this. They've got as much pottery as they do charcoal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, no, but it's still an exciting thing to mm -hmm. find, you know, nonetheless. Um, Alex tells Laird why he, uh, he, he sees why they need somebody to sift and mm -hmm. that he could basically be here all day doing this because it's like, because he keeps process. finding so much, right? Yeah. It, it's just, it's crazy. And it's like, yeah, um, it slows me down. Can you just sift? That'd be great. Yeah. Well, there's like, yeah, that's true. Mm -hmm. I could be here all day. <laughs> I, I could use you. <laughs> yeah. And so in a little side interview, Marty says that he's impressed with the patience of the archaeologists and they ha um, and that they have to, all of the patients they have to unearth what they do with just a trowel mm -hmm. and he's quite interested in what's going on with the ball foundation because they've been over there for quite some time and he wants to see it yeah we get a nice shot overhead of all the work that they've done it's it's impressive yeah i don't like we don't get to see all of the angles and stuff like mm -hmm. last year or the year before when they do go to the ball foundation so maybe some of that was already partially exposed maybe and uh but i mean it looks like they've done a lot and they maybe and they have i'm sure but like they may have already, you know, a bunch of that may have been partially exposed already. Kind of like the um, well, I'm sure it was McGinnis partially. Foundation. Yeah, I mean, a lot of that was already pre, you know, exposed, but we only saw one little bit that made it look like it was just like, you know. Yeah, no, I I get what you mean, but this is the first time they've really had permits to get into these different yeah, locations. Sure. So, I I would assume it would have all happened within that year. All right, so. 
Um, yeah, so Alex makes another find, and he asks Laird to come over and take a look. Of course, it was right when Laird had just sat back down. Poor Laird. He was like, oh, I just sat down. Come on, kid. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Alex said, or Alex had found what he what he thinks could be a coin, <sighs> and it was a big, big moment. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm thinking to myself, Laird probably knows exactly what that is, but he's not going to be the negative Nevin he, right off the bat. He wants to let someone else do it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, he hands it to Laird for his opinion. Laird says it's heavy enough to be a coin. Mm-hmm. And Alex noted that there was a pattern on the coin. And uh, it seemed to be a little off center. And Laird concurred. Yeah, they're both, you know, pretty excited, thinking it, it could be something. But mm-hmm. if it's got some heft to it, like if he says it's, you know, the weighted enough to be a coin and it turns out to be a button well that's a fairly heavy button then i guess so in a little side interview alex said that part of the reason they're doing all this work at the ball foundation is to investigate the possibility that samuel ball had a closer involvement with the money pit than was previously known so they can date the coin to the time periods as if they can they date the coin to the other time periods of the other finds that they're making then that's it that's their connection so he's pretty jazzed. Yeah, he, he's very jazzed. Yeah, Laird says, let's bag it, tag it, get it over to the research center and see what they can find, right? And, yep. Mm-hmm. No, I was just going to say Alex tells uh, Laird, I'm going to find some more for you. Yep. He's like, okay. It's like, you do that, bro. You, you do, do that. that. I wonder how many more buttons he came up with. Mm. All, the, all the buttons. All the buttons. Uh, I guess we may able to find out next week. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um. So... Then they go to the research center. Mm-hmm. So we had Rick, Gary, David, Fernetti. Mm-hmm. They arrived to to meet up with Alex and Laird. And that is when they're all like drenched. Yeah, when they're like getting out from the rain. Yeah. Alex tells his uncle to take a look at this artifact he found. He's all proud of it. Mm-hmm. He should be. He tells him that it came off of the ball property. Alex says that this came out of uh, Laird's most recent test pit at the ball uh, house. And Laird confirms it was. Um, Alex shows the team that there's an anchor on the artifact. It's a little off center. Mm-hmm. Rick asks if there's another anchor next to it or possibly a cross. Mm-hmm. Gary says that's another anchor. And Alex points out that there's actually three anchors on the artifact. Gary noted that he can see a rope design and also waves. And he concluded that he knows what this artifact is. Yeah, you could tell pretty quickly. Gary's like, oh, I've seen these. Yep. He, I, he, I know what this is. He was all over it. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So what did Gary have to say? Uh, Gary said that it's a Navy jacket button, without a doubt. British Navy. Obviously, this is not his first rodeo with these buttons. Yeah. And so Alex uh, asks what the time period was. And mm-hmm. Laird answers 1804 to 1825, solidly within the time with the time period for Samuel Ball. That's a very precise like, <clears throat> range. Yeah, it is. And Clotworthy explains a bit about Samuel Ball's background, mm-hmm. but it isn't known that it was never known that he was part of a Navy. So mm-hmm. is that the case? And whose button is it? Is it Samuel Ball's or somebody else's? Yeah. Or was it someone visiting him? I, I Bad mean, luck to have your button fall off at, during a visit to somebody. Right? Maybe there's a little brawl. Ooh. Ooh. Maybe he was up fighting. Over there. And then was fighting buttons. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Laird, that they've been searching for they're searching and searching for some kind of military connection with Samuel Ball because mm-hmm. they know that he served with the British mm-hmm. during the Revolutionary War, which is how he gained his freedom and came to Nova Scotia. Um, Gary says, well, I think, Laird, I think you just made that connection. But, but you know, he? He, maybe, maybe not. He could have been like, you know, the uh, infantry or something, you know, yeah. maybe not, maybe not Navy, but maybe he was Navy. Mm-hmm. Well, they they said they didn't have any connection. I mean, watch, we're going to find a uh, paper in Dan's archives that links Samuel Ball <laughs> to the Navy. Could be. Never know. You, you never know. Um, Alex does say that it's one of the nicest buttons they found in ter- terms of legibility, like being able to see what's on it. Well, technically, that button was inside for a number of years. If it it was found within the foundation so it was protected from the elements sure was so uh rick says that the front is spectacular and those anchors are amazing and he looks forward to seeing uh how much information they can get off of this but it's a beautiful piece 
whether or there's more information or not. Mm-hmm. And he calls it stunning. Stunning. It's a real stunner. It's a real looker. It's it's a magnificent little thing to find. Oh my god. It wasn't, you know, it's better than a piece of pottery, apparently. Because <laughs> they're everywhere. They're everywhere. Oh. They're everywhere. They're everywhere. Speak and it shall happen. <laughs> All right, so while looking at the artifact through magnification, Alex noted that he thinks that he sees gold or gilding on the rightmost anchor. Laird uh, replied and said that would make sense, though that would point to an officer. And he asked Gary, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. And Gary replied that usually it was officers that had gilding on their buttons. Well, a gilded Navy button? An important Navy person at Samuel Ball's house? Maybe he was the important Navy person. It's very possible. I mean, how likely is someone going to lose their button at your house? Like, but maybe, maybe thread wasn't very good back in the day and buttons just fell off everywhere. Right. Maybe. Cause like literally usually your jackets get roughed up. Usually buttons just don't pop off like at your friend's house. They will at your house, but not at your friend's house. Right. Buttons only hang out at your house, but yeah, no, if the jacket's going to spend more time at, your house right yeah if it what if when he was formerly in the military and let's say it was the navy and he's retired he, he's gonna have his jacket yeah i mean maybe there's no gold on it though maybe it's just a trick of the light it could be i mean there's no guarantee that maybe he was an officer and we just don't know maybe there's a lot more to samuel ball that we don't know and i think he we're seeing he is more and more of a man of mystery more than meets the eye. All right. So in a little side interview, Marty noted that it's a Royal Navy button mm-hmm. and it would be something on a, uh, on a ship of importance. And uh, what they're doing in Samuel, what is this doing in Samuel Ball's foundation? They're talking about an officer being in his house. And that's kind of a big deal. Unless, unless he's, he's the officer in his house. Yeah. Which could well, be a big deal. I don't think that's the case back in the late 1700s. Though. I don't either. But... At this point, it's Oak Island. I can't count anything out. Yeah, well, they probably have some sort of record, too, you know? Maybe. Maybe. Unless you don't want people to know, then you burn the evidence. (laughs) Yeah, that's what they did with the ship in the swamp, right? Well, apparently not, because there's still big pieces there. Yeah, they got rid of most of it. They did pretty good. All right, so Rick thanks Laird and Alex for calling them over, and that is a great find. And that's the end of uh, that. Mm-hmm. They're like, yay, we got out of the rain. All right, so it's swamp time. It's swamp time. All right. Let's let's start at the top with the swamp. Okay. Eric. Eric? Who's Eric? Who's Eric? <laughs> Eric's the he's prince new, from he, the little mermaid. No, he's he, a he's a new shown, guy. He's he was in, in the Navy. No, he's in the he's in the he's a new member of the Fellowship of the Dig. He's the imaginary friend. <laughs> he's Prince Eric. <laughs> Little no. mermaid showing up oh here soon. Oh, Eric. My Eric. All oh, right, Eric. My notes <laughs> say Aaron greets Rick. And I just, I, I put air for Aaron and ick for Rick. And it made Eric. So Aaron and Rick together with their powers combined. <laughs> I'm Eric. <laughs> okay. That was something. Oh. That was something. <laughs> We're really doing good today. We're fine. Yeah, everything's good, Eric. Do you want to read it or should I? <laughs> well, let. I guess I should. Take it. <laughs> so, Aaron, almost messed that up. Aaron <laughs> greets Rick. Yes. And he and Miriam are working at the wash table. Aaron asks Rick to gather buckets of mud to put on on the wash table to be sprayed and gone through okay copy that as... i was glad to see a wash table back up just yeah. a little sad jack wasn't there but no hmm. i know you need the full dirty jack attire i know uh aaron says that they're gonna continue going through the slop and their best shot is to follow the artifacts like charcoal and ceramics or anything that that's a slope by the way what I <laughs> you said slop. Ah, same thing. It, it is they are going through the slop, but they are following the slope. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh and I'm supposed to be reading better than you. Okay, going through the 
going tag- up slope. <laughs> Wait, full transparency. We tag teamed the notes this week. I did the first half of the episode. She did the second half of the episode. Yeah. So there you go. <laughs> and it is riddled with errors all, all through this. Like uh, your typos. Your part was, not mine. Uh, I had to correct some of yours. Thank you. It should say slop. <laughs> and their best shot is go through the slop and up the slope. Up the slope. Follow the artifacts like charcoal and ceramics or anything that might be associated with a cart with a cart with oxen. Uh Rick says, okay. <laughs> Gets to work on his knees wearing light colored clothing. Yeah, so he's like wearing khakis out yeah. there. And he's like, eh, I'll just get down on my knees, get in the muck. Like I mean, there's no your pants way. gonna get dirty anyway. I mean, it doesn't matter, I guess. But like, why don't you just wear dark colored pants? Yeah, start because so, <laughs> there's no way they're coming fully clean. Like, well, he's rich, so he probably just has like a like drawers full of khaki pants. But, but why khaki pants? Uh-huh. Like, why is that the choice? I mean, I guess Gary's full khaki. He is. So, don't know. Uh, is it like the uniform of diggers? When we get to interview Rick at some point, we'll ask him about the khaki and why. He'll be like, so why why khakis? Yeah. This is a fashion interview. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, geez. So Billy can be seen working the excavator in the background. Naturally. He never zooms in on him, but you know he's there. Of course. <laughs> uh, Rick makes a discovery. Dun, 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 dun. Dun. <laughs> Rick a, power. Okay. It's a piece of annular wear. Mm-hmm. Uh, annular wear pottery according to Aaron who uh, says that it comes what, during the early 1750s so it's still pre-searcher that's good he didn't have to look it to find out either that's good yeah pre-searcher is always good uh-huh. when you know Rick or Marty said that he didn't think they would ever find anything pre-searcher uh-huh. so it's uh just another piece of the puzzle, literally. Literally. Okay, so... So in a side interview, Marty says that the pottery adds to the mountains of data that this road is very old and can't be any younger than the turn of the 1700s to the 1800s. I concur, Marty. And But that's like the end of 1700s, early 1800s. I mean, 1795 is when the money pit was discovered. So mm-hmm. I don't like the sound of 1800s in there. But, I mean, he's being realistic. Um, Rick finds another piece of pottery mm-hmm. and yet another. Mm-hmm. And he hands them to Aaron, who says that it's stoneware. Uh, but it looks to have been badly burned in the past. Uh, Aaron says that the stoneware could go back uh, to the mid 1700s as well. And he puts the pieces together and they fit perfectly. Literally, Aaron putting together the pieces of the Oak Island puzzle on film. Like you don't see like that every day. Like a glove. Yeah, it's perfect. So, like, literally, Aaron is the guy that's putting together the thousand-piece Oak Island puzzle by himself because I saw him do it. <laughs> I saw him. He's do like, it. "Watch this! I'm gonna solve it." Yeah. All right. So Aaron tells Rick that he's found uh, that he'll find more answers if he goes just one more inch that way. <laughs> and Rick laughs and asks Aaron if that's what he always tells himself in the field, and Aaron laughs and like, just Rick yeah. proceeds to. He goes ahead and checks one more inch over. He's like, I'm going to check that I mean, I might as well. I mean, those two fit together. Where's the rest of it? That's important. And this is all towards the north end of the road. Like, yeah, they're they're above the swamp eye. Yeah, I have the swamp. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. So do you want to talk about uh, uh, Carmen Leg or should that be at the very end? Yeah, we'll go back to that. All right. Carmen Leg. At the end, let's go to the next, uh, and I think the final scene at the swamp. Okay. All right, so we have David Fernetti and Gary Drayton showing up to do some metal detecting duties Uh at uh, the Stone Road area. And Aaron and Miriam and Rick are shown working doing some archaeological stuff Uh of their own. Gary asks Aaron if if, um, if it's fine if they go ahead and do some metal detecting. Uh And he and David would like to do so. And uh, Aaron agrees to let him at it. Mm-hmm. So go for it, dudes. Uh-huh. Gary says that he and David have been on fire recently. And every time they go out, they've been finding something good. Uh, so- this, is, this is another instance of them doing the same thing. Real good. Yeah. Yeah. The, the blasting. Uh, I will, we'll get there. Way right. to reveal. Yeah. Jeez. Um, 
Gary, you know, sweeping his detector, he gets an iron signal. He asks for the go-ahead uh, to start digging, and Aaron gives his blessing. Mm-hmm. So David gets to digging, and I did notice that um, Gary's like, dig here, and then he dug like four inches the wrong direction, mm-hmm. and then Gary had to say, uh, oh, well, we have to go back, and David missed the mark, is what oh. I'm trying to say. Well, you know, he put That's his... Okay. gets digging, and hits cobbles and Aaron notices that yeah. right away. So he's like, okay, got to dive in. So more cobbles. Yep. And Aaron says, I got to finish this with the trowel. And so uh, that's when he gets to gets down there, gets to scraping. And um, I mean, he's uh, excited because there's a rock over it. Yeah. And then he's like, what is it? That, 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 that. It's a blasting uh. cap from Eagle Canada doing the seismic <laughs> survey two years ago on Oak yeah. Island. And Gary says they keep finding those things all over the place. And I'm right. thinking, like, Eagle Candle, what are you doing? Like, why didn't you clean up after yourself two years ago? I'm with the amount of charges that went off, like, it's kind of hard not like to get everything, mm, especially excuse, when huh? you've blasted and a cobblestone lands on top of it. Okay, fair enough. We'll, we'll cut them a little bit of slack. At least I will. Yeah. I mean, you're. You're harsh. So these guys are disappointed that that's what they Mm -hmm. found. But we did get a flashback to the seismic survey uh, and the ship-shaped anomaly found. Um, Clotworthy explains that the team uh, explains the team's desire to put in a coffer dam in the swamp to excavate and see what this anomaly really is next year or this year, actually in real time this year, next season. So next year, probably on the show. Uh, Gary begins metal detecting again. He gets another signal. Miriam comes over and says, I got this, guys. Yeah, her and her mighty trowel. Yeah. And she uncovers the area, and Gary reaches in, and he finds a square head nail with a square shank. And he thinks it's a little ox shoe nail. And Aaron uh, was was kind of excited about it. Mm -hmm. Well, because he keeps saying, we want to find more (sighs) artifacts that say this this is a trail, right? This is a road. And those nails Tell say that, mm-hmm. right? Because they would have been throwing shoes and nails. A thousand percent. Yep. So uh, in a little side interview, Gary says that uh, you've got to put two and two together. We've got a stone road. We've got fasteners. We're on Oak Island. It's pretty <laughs> clear. This is some kind of treasure hauling operation. Naturally. That was done in this area. And I, I love his, his uh, math. Like that is just brilliant. <laughs> it's so good. I love this it. This is a treasure hunt. <laughs> this is a treasure hunt. That's right. That's right, Marty. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, girl. <laughs> oh yeah, girl. Oh, Aaron. Yeah. So, uh, legit. This is a treasure operation. Duh. Um, Aaron says that you could get so excited uh, at something this small is pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. But he's bagging it, tagging it, and he lets the guys get back to uh, metal detecting. And uh, Gary tells Miriam, "Good digging. Good find." Good job, Miriam. All right. So now we're going to the last section of the episode, which is hanging out with Carmen Leg. Well, doesn't everybody want to? Um, well, if they don't, they should. Duh. I want to hang out with Carmen Leg. All right. So Northville Farms, black blacksmithing shop yeah. run by Carmen Leg. Yeah. And we know the people that are hanging out with him are Ooh. Charles. Yeah. And David Frenetti. Yeah. And Dan Hensky. Hensky. Love seeing Dan Hensky on a field trip. Yeah. Uh, so they get to Carmen Lake and they're looking to get his opinion on the giant metal bar mm-hmm. that David found in the swamp in the prior episode. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if you noticed or not, but David kind of took charge in this meeting. Oh, he sure did. Yeah. So, like, he didn't just take charge. Like, uh, I don't know. He, uh, David has been very well spoken throughout this season. I've been rather impressed. He just kind of went for it. Yeah. It's not like it's his first rodeo, but it's it's definitely not his first rodeo. And Mm. yeah, it was nice to see him. And he definitely took charge. He's like, I want to know what this is. He's asking questions. I'm like, go, David, go, go, David, go. (laughs) So, yeah. So, like, uh, he he legit took charge. So, Mm. um, what, is, what would they have to say about the, the piece of iron? Um, 
Carmen explains that he'll tell them what he sees just by looking at it. And then they can might be able to fill him in on what it was used for. Right. So yeah. just observation wise, uh, Carmen says that it's about an inch in diameter mm-hmm. and consistent size all the way down to the bottom. So not tapered the, the top obviously had a piece broken off of it. Yep. The top would have been an eye. So it's an eye bolt. Uh, Charles asked for a date on the piece, and Carmen said it could go back to the late 1600s. Hey, that's 100 years before the discovery of the money pit. Mm-hmm. He said it could go back that far, though. Yeah. And he's talking about you know when they would have been first starting to do it. And we all know that doesn't necessarily attribute to... Yeah, because like it's lasted this long. Mm-hmm. And not in the same shape, obviously. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it could have been sitting around for 50 years as... A, you know, unused piece mm-hmm. to later be used. Exactly. I don't think they made a lot of stuff that they, they didn't want to use right away back then. Though. Yeah. Um, that or it's how the style someone knew how to make them. So made it that way, even if oh, it sure. wasn't at the beginning. Sure. Uh, then we get a flashback to the ring bolt found in the swamp this season. Mm-hmm. David asks about the difference between the eye bolts and the ring bolts. And Carmen says that the eye bolt is one piece and the ring bolt is two pieces with uh, the, the ring bolt will be inserted through a ring. Uh, the eye bolt is one piece and the ring bolt is two. <laughs> uh, the ring bolt is usually much heavier. Mm-hmm. So like I was asking you about this. I'm like, I, I don't I don't get really the difference. <laughs> and you're trying to explain like a latch on a door with like a circle um and then is, the thing that goes through it and that's more of a if it has a ring that goes through it, it wouldn't make it a ring bolt okay versus if it's just the eye yeah then yeah. it's an eye bolt hmm. that's about all but, i know i'm not i'm not carmen leg okay well okay carmen okay uh, carmen. so Thank- uh carmen says that this piece is typical of having to do with anchoring of a ship or mm-hmm. parts of a ship David says that the ships are certainly adventurous on the island. So he thanks Carmen for his insight. Carmen wishes them a safe trip back to the island. And that's about it. Mm-hmm. And, and they uh, tootle on out to get back to the island. Yeah, and it was a fun episode. Though. It was. It was. But we have next time on The Curse of Oak Island. Oh, man. It's, it's going to be another good one. Is what it? am I saying? It's always a good one, always. right? Like... Okay, so Gary and Jack are metal detecting on the shore, and he pulls something up round and like gold colored. Mm. Um, and the re- Jack was with him. I'm Sweet. sure it was Jack pulling it up. Nice. And in the research center, you hear Laird say, uh, "Often the details are like really cryptic," and I'm thinking, "What? What are you saying, Laird?" Uh, Rick says, "The only people that would do that are the Templars." what say what that's what i like to hear i want some templar uh uh relics that they've smuggled into the new world and then gary says there's got to be more out there so he's Sweet. obviously ready to get out there and search for some and this episode's called or... silver lining right yeah yeah and this is the one uh hang on so rick uh, is in the swamp and he's digging hands and knees naturally and it looks like he pulls out like a giant ring, like a broken ring. Kind of reminds me of what they were saying um, looked like a wheel bearing or something mm. before. But to me, it looked kind of gold colored. Maybe it was like a ring that would fit like Andre the Giant. Maybe. Because like there's tails that you could fit a silver dollar through his ring. and It was bigger than that. Well, I don't know that how many people how many big, big people are bigger than Andre the Giant, so maybe there's a different explanation for it. <laughs> yeah, it's not a ring ring. I'm saying like a circle. Looks oh, like okay. a big circle. Well, you said ring. I don't know. Yeah, a a, a circle. I ring. watched the pre- this preview, but I didn't pay super close attention to well, it. Well, I did. Okay, good. And we'll have to talk about it when we do our pregame. Yes. And when we watch the videos and yeah, well, that's my chance that. to take a good look at the preview. So we'll do that tonight. Yep. Tomorrow night tomorrow night because not tonight yeah tonight's oak island trivia that's right um 
And then we get a shot of Dr. Spooner, who looks to be that he's at C1 collecting water samples. Mm -hmm. uh, Hanski is there, and so is Craig, and it looks like maybe a couple of his students. Yeah. And appears, you know, when he gets results back, that there's spikes of silver traces in it. So there's, mm -hmm. you know, reason to believe that silver could be down there. Maybe. There was a a brief glimpse of a paper that looked like had to do with his different results and that he had sampled 12 i think 12 springs i think you're talking about island. two different previews because no. i didn't see that in the preview I watched. okay well then that might be on the one that just came out but okay. i saw it very cool with my own eyes very very cool so we'll have to talk about all that on tomorrow and I want to remind people that tomorrow is Tuesday. Of course, it's Oak Island Day, but we have a drilling down before, right? So that's one hour before our usual show, and which means pregame is going to be an hour earlier. Yes. So, so 4 p.m. Pacific. Five, it'll be 4 p.m. Pacific. 7 p.m. Eastern. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but we will be here tonight for uh, Oak Island Trivia yes. at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern at Facebook.com slash Oak Island Podcast. Correct. All right. So, um, Clotworthy's. Clotworthy's. Let's do it. So, what Clotworthy moment is the champ from last week? All right. Do we have one? Of course we do. Oh, oh yeah. Because you posted it. Like, you posted it. I did it right. Yay. Okay. Right. The winner is a metal hinge found in the stone foundation of Samuel Ball's home. A metal, a metal hinge? A hinge. Do you, a have hinge. A, do you have that? Oh, you have the button. What do you got? Got a hinge. Got a hinge. <laughs> All right, so uh -huh. good job to Laird and his hinge. Yes. The champs of the Faultworthy Moment of the Week. Laird's hinge won. <laughs> All right, uh, and then so we have two new clotworthy moments for the week. Yes, let's, uh, let's hear the let's hear what they are. I'm, I'm excited. There was good ones this week. A burned eye bolt found in the swamp, dating back as far as the 17th century. Wow! Burned eye bolt, bolt. <laughs> in the swamp. Found in the swamp. Swamp. All right, so eye bolt versus what? A button from a member of the British Navy discovered in the foundation of Samuel Ball's former home. A button from a member of the British Navy found in Samuel Ball's home. Could it be? Wow. Okay. So it's eye bolt versus button. Bolt versus button. Bolt versus button this week. BMB. Yeah. BVB. BVB. Yeah. All right. So if you want to participate and vote on this week's Hot Worthy Moment of the Week, you would go to facebook.com slash oak island podcast mm -hmm. uh find our groups tab click on it join our could it be an oak island facebook group and uh they'll be posted there today i'm holding you to that <laughs> and then uh you can and also you, vote for them on twitter yeah twitter.com slash oak island pod mm -hmm. find us there and you can vote 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 and yeah, there's then... a lot more like uh i don't know uh, not we don't uh do a lot of interaction on twitter we mm -hmm. probably should pick that up a little bit. Yeah, we should. That's yeah. unfortunate. We yeah. used to be pretty good about it. We used to be. But, I mean, it. I think Facebook's easier. Yeah, it's not always about the easy road. Sometimes yeah. it's about the darn stone road that goes everywhere. Everywhere? Everywhere. It's everywhere. It's <laughs> everywhere. All right, so um, right on. So we have Clotworthy's. Uh, like we said, go vote on them. Twitter, mm -hmm. Facebook. Um if you'd like to get in touch with us, you can uh, always uh, email us at oakislandpodcast at gmail.com. Yep. We're also on Instagram at oakislandpodcast. Yeah. And you can also call our, we didn't mention this last week, but mm -hmm. you can call us. We have a Oak Voice. Island Podcast voicemail hotline. Hotline. Yeah. 360-836-4549. Please call us. You know, we want to get uh, one or two more calls before the end of the season. Mm -hmm. It's wrapping up. So mm -hmm. there's not much time left. Yeah. Give us a call. It'll be fun. Yeah, it would be. We'll play it on the, on the episode or on the show, and we'll uh, chat about it. It'd be good. Yeah. It'd be good and fun. It'd be a good time had by all. Uh, you can all. email us, oakislandpodcast at gmail.com. Wow, you sound like a broken record. Mm -hmm. I just said that. You did? I did. Wow, it's the first time I haven't listened to you ever. Yeah. Facebook.com slash oakislandpodcast if you want to uh, find us on Facebook, Wow, obviously. you sound like a broken record. You and, already said that. Yeah, but what about Instagram? I already said that. Well, aren't we just two peas in a pod? 
See, we really were meant to be together forever. <laughs> uh, we have a website. Yeah, it's uh, oakislandpodcast.com, right? Yeah. Yeah, and there's a pattern here. There's also Oak Island or patreon.com slash Oak Island podcast. If you'd like to uh, support us uh, with a monthly monetary um, gift and it helps out a lot, pays yeah. the bills. It's not like uh, free to do a podcast, obviously. It also pays for Oak Island trivia prizes. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I would like to thank two new patrons this week. Aww. We have Jan Anderson. Thank Yay, you, Jan. Thank you. And we have Paul Kemp. Thank you, Paul. Yeah. You guys rock. Thank you so much for uh, following us on over on Patreon. And um, we really, really appreciate it. Yeah. Like it means a lot. Really means a lot. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, if you would like to be cool like them, uh, some of you probably are already cool because mm-hmm. we have a, we have a few patrons, you know, already uh, quite a few. So um, anyway, patreon.com slash Oak Island podcast mm-hmm. to uh, you know, show us a little love because mm-hmm. we love you. Because we heart you. Yeah. Um, is there anything else to chat about before we go? No, just a reminder that we have trivia tonight. And oh, there we'll is one there. one more thing. You put up a post on Facebook a few days ago asking for people's uh, ideas of what we can do for trivia prizes. Correct. All right. So you want to explain that at all? Because uh, like, is there anything more to it than that? I think you just explained it. Okay. I mean, we're getting ready to redo our stock. Yeah, just we need cause... to replenish. Yeah, we're low. Um, and we're curious what kinds of things you want for prizes. There's, We know a lot of you have won stuff and already you don't have to, things. Yeah, and you don't want to keep receiving the same thing over and over. So, so, we, yeah, we need to find a... We'd love some ideas Yeah, and keep them coming. Yes, please do. So go find that. That's on the Facebook group. Yes. So the same place you could do your vo- clot-worthy voting, mm-hmm. find that post. I'll bump it up today, maybe. Mm-hmm. And then we can uh, chat about what we can do about getting some different and more fun, Just, more different kinds of fun Oak Island trivia prizes. Exactly. All right. So I think that's it. Yep. Well, until next time. Could it be?